We all want to feel better, be happier, and have more freedom. And there are endless resources at our fingertips. But wading through a sea of self-help books, podcasts, and workshops takes more time than anyone has. Except me. That's my job. I curate and translate the latest, most effective personal development wisdom to help you elevate your personal experience and improve the way you show up for others. I'm Kevin Miller, and this is Self-Helpful. Create new and better normals. When we look back on who we were five years ago, even more so 10 years ago, we recognize ourselves as very different people today. Yet today we think who we are is really who we are. But in five years, you'll look back to yourself right now and realize how much you've changed. So think to what was normal for you five or 10 years ago. What was normal that you don't do at all now? It's not your norm today. If you are growing and evolving, things will have changed. So how about today? What is your norm? What's normal to you right now that maybe doesn't have to be? maybe shouldn't be, that for your best wellness probably can't be. The power is in realizing that we as people have such a hard time shifting from what is normal to us right now. What's normal is just comfortable. It's secure. To change it requires decision-making, discipline, and to a great degree, it's simply a hassle. At least that's how it is for me. And we live lives with little margin and a hassle, even seemingly little hassles, feels like a big obstacle. This is our Functional Friday episode. I'm with Randy James, medical doctor and functional medicine expert, and we discuss some of the normal maladies that have been normalized in our culture. Not because they're okay, but we've just made peace with them. But if you want long-term wellness, this is not necessarily a good peace. But changing them for the better is not ultimately so hard. It's just that, again, initial shift to create a new normal that once we do is fairly easy. Friends, thank you for tuning in. The Self-Helpful Podcast was founded through the Zig Ziglar Corporation. June 15 and 16 of 2023, I'll be in Dallas to attend and speak at the Ziglar Coach Summit. I'll be talking about my new book, What Drives You, for my segment, but some other great speakers there too. And if you're looking to influence people for the better, professionally or personally, I invite you to join us. Go to Ziglar, Z-I-G-L-A-R dot com slash Coach Summit. Hey, this podcast exists to help you find and understand the guidance and counsel that will help you elevate your personal experience and the way you show up for others. Following these sponsors who help make the show possible and provide great resources for your life, I bring you Dr. Randy James and a discussion on changing our normals. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. 
I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So you've been talking about this normal, you know, the, the, the issue of normal. I mean, we talked about it. Actually, that's a great place to start. Ten years ago, I had you come out. So I'm leading this membership, Free Agent Academy, people who want to uh, transition from traditional employment to self-employment and find out so many of them. It's just hard. We can get the best idea uh, for them to pursue. And yet at the end of the day, they have their normal lives, just like we all do. And they're trying to do something extra. And I just don't have the energy to do it. And I started looking at that energy and yada, yada brought you out literally yep. to the events that we would rent the camp out and, and bring you out there. And you started talking and that is where you started is just saying, okay, folks, here are the things that are what you think of as normal yeah. is not, or shouldn't be normal. Shouldn't be normal. Right. And you, I mean, just you, I remember like, you know, migraines and PMS and yeah. P, well, PMS being a big one. If you're a woman, you're expecting to have several days a month where you have symptoms of moodiness or cramping. And, and even nowadays people, I ask them and, and I will ask them, do you have symptoms? And they'll say, Oh yeah, but not bad. Right. Not anything like some of my friends. Or, and we were just talking about another friend of ours and, and sleep and mouth breathing at night. And it's like, oh, I just do that. Uh, snoring. Or, uh, yeah. Or, or the wife will say, yeah, but he's always snored. And I'd yeah. say, well, no, nobody's born snoring. Yeah. And if they are, that's a, you know, surgically correctable thing in an infant that, yeah. that we look for. Um, the, the tummy stuff, gassy, bloaty, constipation, diarrhea, that people just think, oh, that's me. I had one 13-year-old, and I'm asking them, and, and, and I say, well, how often do you go? And, you know, the mom wants to step in, and I kind of put my hand up and say, no, no. And, and I'll, I'll prompt them to say, do you go once a day or once a week? And the little girl said, yeah, about once a week. And the mom just freaked out. And I'm like, you know, calm down, mom. Yeah. But we don't talk about that at the dinner time, well, you know. Kevin, we, how'd your bowel movement go? We don't. We think, our, <laughs> we think that we are normal. And you know, that was the um, red table talk thing oh, with, with the, Will Will Smith, uh, Smith and yeah. Jada Smith and what and when he did the one it was a functional medicine one. if you guys want to if you haven't seen it you can go if you type in Mark Hyman uh, H-Y-M-A and Dr. Mark Hyman and Red Table Talk you'll find two shows that the Will Smith and his family did and that was one of his they're talking and kind of got into it he's like oh no I I have all these stomach problems. I take high blood pressure medication. I poop once a week. This is Will Smith, the big athlete. Right. You know, He's like, I'm a normal American. Like, holy smokes, <laughs> are you serious? And what they did to start correcting that. But, but here we are, back to our, our normal. And I want to come back to those specifics. So that's what I want to do is come back to some. Let's talk about some of the specifics that have become normal in culture that shouldn't be. But to do everybody justice, I feel like starting at the top to continue thinking about in our health and wellness pursuits – in all aspects of life, uh, 
the hardest thing to withstand is the cultural pressure. Not that the culture is bad, not that there's a conspiracy theory, but just we want to trust the norm. We just do it. I, I think I've been, hopefully my maturity, I, I'm not like thrilled at bucking the system. Right. It's, it's swimming upstream. It's, it's tiring. Hard. Yeah. It's de- sometimes it's just depressing to go along and to go, and it, this is, you'll appreciate this because you're an aggressive jerk driver like I am sometimes. <laughs> and you come along and it says the left lane's closed two miles ahead and everybody's already over in the right lane. And you're thinking, I can get ahead of 100 cars. No, I, but the, <laughs> folks, go, go listen to it. If you look up the left line, I mean, they have done the studies. Right. The Department of Transportation faster. has done the studies. It will go faster if everybody stays in both lanes up until right when you pull over. But everybody right. goes over here. And so I'm the guy. And, and it's anxiety in my head. And I feel like right now, do I feel like getting the negative spirit from everybody I pass by? And then the one guy who's going to come out and block, and block me you. that I, I'm going to want to shoot. I'm going to want to get or out of my... he's going to shoot you. Or he's going to shoot me. Do I, and sometimes I'll do it because I'm going, oh my gosh, I, I can save myself 20 minutes here. And it's ludicrous. And sometimes I just don't have the... I just right. don't have the will. And I just pull over and go, whatever. And now my kids will chide me for it. Dad, come on. You're, you're gonna be breaking a, the law. Yeah. You're, you're part of the problem. But that's it. <laughs> so that's a lot of the times what I feel like now of being different. And yet it's so powerful when we get caught up in the norm. And I, I, a couple things to cite, Jim Rohn, one of the famous business you know, uh, influencers is famous for saying, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You and I, in it seems like every other show, talk about Dan Buettner uh, in the blue zones. blue zones. Yeah. Of him saying the best, in that sense, the best, the healthiest people are people who are in a culture of other healthy people. And can I comment on that yeah. just with a prospective new patient yesterday or, or the day before that called in with their list of not normal problems, pretty deep. And at the end of the day and, and saying, hey, you know, do you want to join? Do you want to partner and, and do this process? And she's like, yes, but it wasn't I don't have the time or the money or whatever. She said, I don't have the support. Yeah. And I thought about that a lot. And in fact, uh, the idea of calling her back and saying, there again, even if you are the lone fish swimming upstream, you either do or you don't. Don't, and I want to reach out to her and say, don't let that excuse, don't be a victim, don't have the victim mentality of, well, I don't have support. And, and, and that idea of back to the norm, the cultural norm where people, and right now so many people are, floating downstream if we keep using that analogy and they don't know yeah but if they even if they did know they would look at us and say well wait a minute you want me to swim upstream that's hard that takes too much effort and energy and back to your yeah and free agent academy and and those kind of guys that's holy cow and i think we as a as humans we just want to trust we want to trust our parents we want to trust that our parents and the people who brought us up had our best interest in mind and that what they do is actually good and right and true and yet a lot of times it's just it's not we want to trust even if they did have your best interest in mind it wasn't true yeah. To to raise a child who is mouth breathing and not to step in and say, wow, this is pathology. Let's do something about it. Not to make parents feel bad, but because you don't know what you don't know. But 
know it. Yeah, my great, loving, wonderful parents fed me stuff that today they would be appalled at. And they just didn't know. They came out with Count Chocula with eight essential vitamins and iron. And it Hey, just, this is a good way to get eight essential vitamins The in FDA you. approved it. And so it must you, be good. You do, and again, so I, just, I, I guess I want to start off with compassion that it, yeah. is, it is difficult. However, boom, over here then, we have the norm that is so, and not to get again into conspiracy theory, but it's, it's run by business. Our culture is run by the media, which is run by business, which isn't all bad people, but they're out there to make money. It's like the Social Dilemma movie we have watched, which yeah. I would so recommend anybody to watch. If you have a smartphone, watch Social Dilemma. And in the end, they culminate with calling for what corporate regulations. And I'm thinking, that's not going to... That's just they're, they're asking make, the water to regulate you as you float downstream. I, I, yeah, Facebook was started day one to, you know, maybe they want, I don't know what Mark Zuckerberg's goal was to connect friends, but ultimately it was to make money. And today it's to make money. And so I don't have to opt in. But if I opt into Facebook, I say I am opting into a company that is there to make money and they are there to get my attention. If I don't want that, opt out. So I'm not into corporate regulations. But again, looking at, the norm and saying, is this norm helping me in my personal wellness? And we're back to that thing of being different. And I, I think at the end of the day, again, we applaud the movie with somebody be different, but none of us really want to be, we want right. to fit in. I want to come here to work and it be easy and comfortable. And, and it is my, thank goodness we have our blue zone. And so I have no pushback when I bring out my Brussels sprouts and, Right, you don't have to withstand the donuts on the kitchen table every day. No, the the lady who brought uh, in the cookies—they were really good cookies. That's but right. At least they were homemade uh, cookies, you know, from scratch or whatever. Thank you, Mrs. Allen. Thank you. But you know, I thought again. Let's, let's just talk about the workplace, and again, kind of hit on what we're talking about. We're talking about the maybe people will understand this if they're in a workplace, and you know, most everybody's doing the same things. And you got the one person, the guy or the girl who's a triathlete. Okay, that's their gig. That's their side thing. That's what makes them excited. In the morning, they go for a run at 4 a.m. and they come into work, and everybody else is dragging in, and they're coming in, and they're spry and flushed, and you know, wet hair and whatever. And then at lunch, everybody grabs a burger or you know, eats wherever, and they go out for a run. And then at the end of the day, everybody's rushing home or going to the bar, and that person's going for a ride. And they're just the, kind of the weirdo. Maybe you revere them. Maybe or they also like being the weirdo, and they like being the weirdo. That's so. Rare, rare, right? That's so rare. I, That's I, not the norm. Yeah, I don't because I don't. Really, I don't like to draw attention to myself. I just rather not be seen, and so it's just easier to fit. So here we go with the norm, and yet the norm is by far and large. And and how do we do this without being negative? <laughs> I was gonna. I was gonna ask because everything that we say is gonna come across to people as negative. Like if we talk about mouth breathing or talk about. Well, what if we say, what if we ask ourselves, what part of the culture is good? That is a great, I mean, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I look outside right now. It is beautiful Rocky Mountains. There are beautiful people around. If I go down the road and break down, somebody's going to stop and help me. I mean, there's great, good humanity. And so what we're speaking to is the stuff that's derailing that, that, I mean, you, you're pained by that when you see the next man or woman who comes in, who has a good heart, who's there to help people and whatever, but they're being taken out yep. by something 
that has become normal and is not. And so when they go and say, gosh, I've, I'm not feeling well, they go to a traditional doc. He says, I got high blood pressure. Here's a high blood pressure medication. If they have a little more insight than the norm to go, gosh, that doesn't seem right. I don't really want to be on a pharmaceutical medication with side effects for the rest of my life. Where's that going to lead? They ultimately then come to you and go, gosh, so what do I do? And you go, we can probably get you well to where you don't need that, but you will now need to be abnormal. And if I go back to the doctor that they, you know, they identify high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and you might even take those medicines and those numbers come down. But generally, and I would say by far and large, the guy doesn't say, I feel so much better. I have energy. I have vitality. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the things that I want to do now because I'm taking these pills. That's nearly never the case unless somebody has debilitating high blood pressure or whatever. And that's, you know, most people have mild on the front side and the doctor says, well, this is going on, but that isn't back to free agent Academy and people want to do something more, but they're too tired or too exhausted at the end of the day, or they have headaches or whatever. It isn't their high blood pressure, high cholesterol that's taking them out. But the medical culture, that's another big stream within the stream is the medical culture has, I think, falsely taught people, not on purpose, not from a conspiracy theory, but just from osmosis that, you know, if your thyroid is off, if your hormones are off, if you have an autoimmune condition, if you're overweight, then the missing piece is for you to to engage in this trillion-dollar culture over here with high-tech, high-everything else and get fixed. Somebody's going to fix you. Okay, okay, well, then, then let's take that and, you know, I'm sure we've said it before, but repetition is the king of all change, is to say, give that perspective of, again, not to diss traditional medicine and just you know, uphold functional medicine, but the reality of that acute care. That when you come in, when I come in with a, a, a broken leg, the acute... Yeah, functional medicine is not going to help you at all. Right. Well, <laughs> but, but the acute remedy for that is, you know, you go get a cast... And, and what, now, if I keep breaking my leg over and over, you're like, why do you keep breaking your, your leg? Well, let's, let's, go to, let's go back to high blood pressure. That's a better analogy. High blood pressure. So somebody has <clears throat> lived in a way, eaten, right. exercised, not exercised in a way that I don't even know. What causes high blood pressure? I don't yeah, know. a lot of different things. So there's but sedentary lifestyle, yeah, overweightness, uh, sedentary, over- not enough water. There's a genetic influence, the, the stress response. Though, um, though even like going back to Will Smith, he was none of those things. He was. Oh, sure he was. Wh- Th- uh, think of his stress in doing a movie. Like he, and think of the stress right. of gaining 50 pounds to be Muhammad Ali, losing 50 pounds to be the concussion guy. That is a stress on your body. Okay. Right? That, so normal so stress, though, life so, stress. So even though he didn't fit the perspective we would have of the unwell person, he had high blood pressure. He did. Plus, in the meantime, it, remember he said whether he was gaining weight or losing weight, he just ate what the trainer said in order to get ready for the role. In the meantime, right. he ate muffins and whatever, and his wife called him Pudge Muffin. Pudge or Muffin. <laughs> Most of today, you will be indoors, likely your home or your office. I am as well. Even with my treks out into the woods, I spend a lot of time inside. And we're going to think about 20,000 breaths. According to the EPA, the indoor air is two to five times more polluted than the outdoor air, sometimes up to 100 times more polluted. At my studio, we have heat being forced through old ducts. I walk on carpet full of years of junk. 
No idea what's floating in the air that I'm taking constant gulps of. The solution is an air purifier and air doctor is just the best. Air doctor filters out 99.99% of dangerous contaminants and allergens such as pollen, pet dander, dust mites, mold, bacteria, viruses. They do it so your lungs don't have to. Air Doctor comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus shipping. Go to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code KEVIN, and depending on the model, you'll receive up to 39% off or up to 300 bucks off. Exclusive to podcast customers, you will also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit which is an additional $84 value. So to get this special offer, go to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-P-R-O.com. Use promo code Kevin, airdoctorpro.com, promo code Kevin. Thankfully, the days of building a business website, then having this massive endeavor to integrate an online store are gone. Today, Shopify has fixed all that. I had one business where we actually built the entire website on Shopify's platform. So whether you're just starting out or you're selling a million bucks of product already, Shopify is just the industry leader. It works the same for physical products or online and digital. And Shopify is just hands down the best out there. Most importantly, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. It's 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Getting people to buy is not that hard, at least to the buying point, but getting them to actually give their payment info is, and Shopify is king in that department. They also have top-tier customer service, which I think is critical. You can sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Kevin. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Kevin to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Kevin. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you leave that unchecked, where does high blood pressure manifest? So, right. So at the end of the day, if the reason people check their, high blood, or their blood pressure or their cholesterol is to not have a heart attack or stroke. Okay. At, at the end of the day, that's it. Nobody does it to feel younger, run smarter, run faster, you know, do better on your, on your test, be a better husband, father, and all of these things that people really care about. It's let's not have a heart attack or stroke. So I remember in the practice a couple years after I started, you know, back when we were doing the practice together, patient came in, I talked to him about becoming a patient they signed on to the big package or whatever, but, and you did the, man, I don't know. I think we did something like you actually came out and saw them right then, which was rare for you. And this can't remember if it was a guy or a girl, it was a couple that came in, but which one it was high blood pressure. The blood pressure was so high that you're like, Holy smokes. We got to start on medicine. You got to get on medicine yeah. now. So that was an acute, right? That's what you would call it. That was an acute, urgent, uh, uh, methodology for helping. And now what traditional medicine says is just stay on that acute. Right. So anytime care. we start, we use the <clears throat> tool of a medicine, we would say the very next thing, okay, take this medicine. Now the next question is how can we get you off this medicine? 
Right. It's like so. So high blood pressure, blood pressure medication is like a, an emergency fix for this problem that shouldn't be there. It shouldn't be normal. It's an emergency fix. And traditional medicine says take that emergency fix every single day. And you're going, that's an emergency fix that should be temporary. Let's get you on it to keep you from having a heart attack and now do the work, which you did with that patient. And within, I don't know, a week, a month or whatever, get you to where you don't need that medication. Let me go off on that. So, because this is a very important concept for people to get. And uh, it's just becoming more and more aware that the average American does not think this way. But acute illness... We have no teaching to think that way. That's right. That's what I mean by the system of medicine is teaching us that we need a doctor. And we do. So I'm going to also put in insurance in that idea as well. That the system is very good for acute illness or trauma. If you drink river water, get giardia, you're barfing and pooping and everything, then you take an antibiotic and you'll feel better. But if, you, if somebody came in and saw you, you would give them would say, the antibiotic. Oh my gosh, yeah, this the antibiotic sounds like food poisoning then, or something like that. And, and then go to the root, right. And let's treat it. But if somebody comes and says, you know, every day for the last three years, my tummy just doesn't feel right. Yeah. That's not a missing antibiotic for a weird food poisoning or whatever that's related to so many things related to what you eat and the stress response and all of that. And that's hard work to dig in and find that, but it isn't a missing application of a medicine, but the system is built for applying a medicine or surgery or procedure. Yeah. So that's what we do. And then high blood pressure, high cholesterol, the mentality came in. And so it's an emergent application of, a, of that daily medicine, as if every day your body's having the emergency of high blood pressure. But as a person, that you just think it's normal, and I just have to take my medicines. And yeah, it'd be like I've been in, well, actually, I'm healing pretty well, but I had two cuts, and I'm wearing band aids. Imagine if every day, every day, every day I have a band aid, and you're like, Kevin, man, you've had a band aid there every day for three months. What the heck is wrong? Well, it won't stop bleeding. Why don't we figure out what's going on here? That's right. It, it's, so the analogy that I use as I'm explaining this to people, it's as if your car gave you this symptom, this warning, and it does. It's called a check engine light, and you take it to the car doctor, the mechanic, this morning, and he says, hey, you're not going to notice that light anymore. And you look down, and there's a Band-Aid over that light. <laughs> I've done that. Did foot duct tape over Just that. foot duct tape or, or, over or that. Flash. Electrical tape. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And, but then you start the car the next day, and of course you have to reapply the Band-Aid. You have to reapply that Band-Aid. And it doesn't get to the root issue, and what's going to happen is more lights are going to start showing up, and that's what happens. So if blood pressure is wrong, something else is wrong, guaranteed. And in fact, to a patient yesterday, when we're trying to explain this to a teenager with psoriasis, who also has sort of some behavioral issues, tell him it's kind of like you, you're, if you don't, do the things that your skin needs, you get psoriasis in the brain or inflammation in the brain. And he does. And we would call it anxiety or depression or ADHD or something like that. That if you're, if you're the person with the brain that's thinking that way, it's very hard to step outside of your own brain and see it. And it's impossible almost for kids, but the parents can totally tell a difference. And so it's, it's, there's the bifurcation. You either help this kid live a certain way 
Or you're going to say, ah, go ahead and eat your Doritos, but take this medicine and maybe it'll mask the problem in the brain that's still going on. Yeah. And that's so, so hard. Well, the overall spirit of this conversation, I always cringe with a little bit because when you get into this world that you and I live in, it sounds like we're all going to hell in a handbasket at a rapid yeah. rate. It went, the peer, I, I mentioned Mark Hyman earlier, or you love you know Peter Atia, these these docs who are at the height of cultural awareness and and what's happening. And we look around again. We you and I go we go out and gallivant around town right now. Things seem fine. People are doing well in there in restaurants and whatever. We're doing okay. And so for us to come along and go, oh my gosh, the norm right now, the reality of what is happening. It's like somebody somebody who's into finance right now is saying, we are headed for, uh, this is not sustainable. We're we gonna, sound like doomsday people. Yeah. Over yeah. here on the environment, same thing. They're yeah. saying the environment. We are ending the, you know, the yeah. end times. And it's so hard for us to conceive that because today seems okay. So we're over here on the health and wellness side. And the stats are just the stats. And I didn't pull them up because I feel like I do this so much. If somebody wants to go research it, if you don't believe us, but we are literally at a hockey stick of increase in pretty much every malady. And, and right there, I, let's not go too far, but you know why? I think a lot of people are still going to go, but why? Why today in 2020 is there... Is the are we saying that there's an we're not saying it we're just you can go read the stats go to the CDC and you can you know look at them Center for what is that disease control right and look at where let's pick on two autoimmune and dementia okay I was gonna say diabetes as well it's such a stark one okay yeah but either one that thirty years ago. You know, we had these yeah. incremental increases that one, you could say, why are they increasing at all since, yeah. since, since 1950? Then, yeah. So, but they're increasing every year. And then in the last 20 years, 20 years, we've got the hockey stick. It's players. a hockey stick. Yep. And now, like you said, yeah, over 50% of adults in America are diabetic or pre-diabetic or pre-diabetic where, yeah. where again, if you go back to 1950, it might've been 5% right. or something like that. Same thing with obesity. Uh, which and, and there you go. There's the new norm. Let's pick on that one because it's so culturally volatile, and I don't care. It's our show. We can say what we want to pick talk. On. Talk about weight, which is uh-huh. the faux pas because you don't talk. It's judgmental and whatever. And I, there was the lady. Uh, it was like an actress. I don't remember her name. Big, really big girl, and they were celebrating her or whatever. And Jillian Michaels is that that's her name? Yeah. The big fitness guru. She said something contrary to it. It wasn't judgmental, but she said, gosh, I'm not, however, going to uphold this girl's... Let's not celebrate the pathology. Yes. Wait, because it is unhealthy. I would not want it for my child, friend, or whatever, because her increase for... Right. And there there you go. It's the cringy, you know, not to be judgmental on that person, but by the same token, if, if we just allowed somebody to be okay in their alcoholic addiction and just put them on a poster and said, you know what? We're going to celebrate. We're going to be okay with this. You're okay. Mm-hmm. Or any other, we're going to be okay with breast cancer. You know what? Your other breast is just fine. So let's just be okay with this. No, you, you recognize it as, as pathology, as a not it's, rightness in our culture. Yeah. And so the norm right not now, not a norm. The norm right now is the norm is absolutely overweight, but then the, However, they. When do you become obese? At a certain BMI or that's something? right. 
So that now is, I don't know the stats. Right. 30%, so obesity 50%, is now more than 30% of adults. Uh, and, you know, I don't know, I can't remember from the, the, the kid perspective, but also going way up. Uh, obesity. Yeah. And then overweight is over 70% of adults okay. in America are overweight. And childhood obesity has done, again, that hockey stick. Uh, probably even, a I, steeper hockey I, stick. Yeah, I was going to say, I think it is. I, I looked it up, the stats, at one point. So, again, what do we do, though? To make people feel good and to sell products, we normalize it. It's mm-hmm. just okay. And so now it is. And so now the ads that used to have the fitness model, that was, you know, maybe that was on the unhealthy spectrum. Yeah, there was a problem the there side. for anorexia and yeah, all the, the other. Yeah, the airbrush, you yeah. know, whatever over here. But now we've gone over and the ads show the overweight person. And again, it's okay. It's normalized. And yet, if mm-hmm. I accept that okay and become that overweight, I am jeopardizing my health and I question my responsibility to my family, right. to my culture and the added expense, which is what we're seeing in the healthcare debacle of we're going to hit $4 trillion, $4 trillion, the thing we spend the most money on. And it is not to help us be well. It is merely to manage for the pain for the band-aids, the pathology (laughs) that we are for the most part self-inflicting because it's the norm. And we want to see what's in the middle grocery aisles and go, well, the FDA approved it and these nuts and these chips and this box of food and whatever. And that's just okay. And this quantity of food, I mean, I paid for it. It must be the norm that you get a trough of food at the Mexican restaurant and you got to eat it all because grandma said, clean your plate. And that's right. And there we're stuck in the norm. That's hurting us. That, that's hurting us. And in, in my world in the functional medicine world, and if you look at Peter Atia and I just heard a, uh, um, a lecture from Dr. O'Keefe, a preventive cardiologist. And he's like, he's pulling his hair out saying, we have the tools. Even if we use medicines to help people too, we have the tools to to stop to reduce. It's it's the idea of you and your cut cut fingers. You know, we have safer saws and gloves. Kevin, you could wear gloves yeah. and not get a splinter. Yeah. <laughs> it's way easier. So remember when we talked about the idea of you know we're saving kids out of the river over here in the in the rapid white waters, and it becomes this this great show on TV of, you know, saving kids. And it's, it's a trillion dollar helicopter and a massive rescue effort. Or we could go upstream and talk about, gosh, why are these kids falling in the river over here? And it's because it's the cultural norm for us to say, oh, how cute. Look at these kids playing by the river. And we allow it. We encourage okay, it even. I want to pull out the other side too, that you live in as a doctor, you can make quadruple the income that you currently make if you go down where the rapids are and the kids are going in and you pull them out and you get accolades. I have a license to do that. A license to do that. You're more adept at it and you pull people out to great acclaim. You will get more applause and they will pay you more money as a surgeon, as a somebody who takes care of people that are broken. Now, if you go walk upstream, this is you literally. (laughs) So you leave that and go, you know what? I appreciate the acclaim, the applause, the money. I'm going to walk upstream and I see all these kids. I see where they're jumping in and I'm going to go, whoa, whoa, buddy. We back off. You, you might and now get, the guy doesn't like me. Now the guy doesn't like you. It's just what, you're telling me I can't do what I want to do. One, so you're going to get pushed back there, and you're going to you're going to cut your pay. Who wants to do that? Right. You did the, that, but it, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Come join our our blue zone of of poverty. But it's and. true. Now we're back to where we started with to be well to 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 look at. Let's question the norm here. 
is uncomfortable. It's frustrating. Yeah. It's more difficult. It costs. Well, now wait a minute. It costs more now, but for the person more on the front side, more, yeah, more on the, yeah, yeah. Again. So we're going to curb our appetites and our immediate needs, but down here, then we have the opportunity to be 90 years old without dementia, able to go on a hike. And then it comes, now we're, what do you want? Cause we're presupposing that because you're listening to the show, you, you want to be well, yeah. you want to be well, but it's good to go through. And I, it takes you through seven areas of life where we pretty much want wellness to some degree and questions that, cause we're sitting here talking about, you know, health and wellness. I mean, one of the other right, health and wellness is from a, like a physiological, you know, what we yeah. eat, exercise, whatever. One of the big ones that we talk about that's just cause it's a growing issue right today is the norm of screen time. And, yeah. but which I, I continually want to modify by saying not just screen time because screen time you spend your day talking to patients i am in front of a screen i have what do we have i have four screens right here within (laughs) the standing distance and i spend my time now i'm working and writing and stuff so let's take screen time and just put it over here on unnecessary screen time and 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 entertainment entertainment screen time right yeah which is not bad and if you want to budget it it's not it's it's like alcohol is not bad but how much i was just going to use the idea of budget awareness that uh, so many analogies of if we go downstream and people are in financial distress and we have to pull them out at great cost because now they've run up credit card bills and and whatever, but it, it hurts them. If we go upstream and teach our kids, teach our young people how to budget, but that again, and I am doing this in my own house and him, yeah. you know, the teenager saying, so you're saying I, I can't spend my money, my money on what I want to. I'm like, no, you can, but I'm giving you a very strong reason to have a budget. Mm-hmm. And doing that on the front side, that's hard. It's hard to teach people to be that way. And it's hard for an individual to constrain themselves to not buy a new pair of shoes so that in the future you can be the kind of person you want to be. Dave Ramsey says, live like no one else so that you can live, live like, like no, no one, one else. else. And from a food perspective, from an exercise perspective, from the budgeting and awareness of how you live upstream in the, in the streams of your life are going to be the prime reason that you stay safe or reason why you wind up needing a rescue downstream. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true in marriage, in relationships. So a budget is a great word. It's ultimately saying all these things are, are screens bad is sugar bad is, you know, uh, snack food, processed food. Is it all bad? You know, then we're, then we're back to it's bad if it's the, the amount that when you have the kid's birthday, you know, every three months or something like that, and they have cake and ice cream, that's glorious. It's good for your soul. It's celebration. Celebrate. It's fun. Is it, was it an actual physiological benefit to you? Now, your body's going to have to work to deal with the sugar, but yeah, it's a one-time hit. It's okay. When we have it every day, and we're back to, yeah, how much entertainment should I have today? How much alcohol should I have today? There should be, hopefully, we would all hope, my wife and family do, that there's a limit to how much budget. wine I have right. tonight. How, well, how much entertainment, how much unnecessary screens. And, and then we're on the other side of if I'm doing that entertainment or that alcohol or whatever, what is that filling up and, and not allowing room for otherwise for it? And, and I was thinking again, and I know it's, you know, if we get, it's such a short time. We have accelerated so fast 
so recently with the information age, especially, mm-hmm. and with processed food. If we go pre-industrial revolution, which mm-hmm. was, when was that? Early 1900s or 40? No, I think you have to say a different word than industrial revolution. If that started in the late 1700s, uh, oh. 1700s, 1800s in England and then spread no, throughout No, I'm talking the world. like assembly line. Uh, you know, kind of the kind of the when things started being mass produced. Yeah, I would use from, World War Two. Okay, pre World War Two. If you think of World War One, World War Two as that dividing line. Pre that, even in America, society was seventy percent agrarian at the turn of the century of nineteen hundreds. Seventy percent agrarian, like seventy percent of the people in our town would be farmers. I mean, it's just nowhere. Okay, so just just to think right there. And again, to uphold this, and somebody's going to listen to this, and right now it's so easy to discount. That's just not how we live. I get it. I get it. But just what did that lifestyle relate mm-hmm. to with our health of relationships? Mm-hmm. Sleep. Sleep. Rhythm. Food, natural food. I mean, it was just, there was, now it doesn't mean that somebody's going to hear that and go, yeah, well, people live longer now. We can do amazing things to keep people lingering well, and I would even debate to live longer. I don't know if you and I have had that discussion, but there, are, there is a way to look at the data. And again, statistics can be manipulated one way or the other. But in general, if you go back to the late 1800s, and if a person made it to 50 with general wellness, so they, they missed pestilence, they missed polio, they missed war, they missed uh, measles, mumps, polio, and all of those kind of things, and they're 50 years old and in general good condition, they were as likely then to make it to 80 as you are today. Okay. So why so do people say they live? Because infant death, infant mortality was huge. Yeah. Uh, death and childbearing for women was huge. And you could get taken out by the odd sickness. Or the whatever. odd sickness and was there's huge. There's no antibiotic and you just die. So we're in a bubble now that safeguards us from the things that killed them back then. But if we look at just general health and wellness, not just of the physical, because you're talking about that, but I mean, again, what was their social life? They depended on community. They depended well, on people. They had rich relationships. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That's right. And if we use the 50-year-old then, who... You know, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, all these guys, if they made it to 50, they didn't retire. He stayed a farmer until he was 80. Yeah. So his life was still 10 hours of work and the relationships and the rhythm and the sleep and and those kind of things. Back to your statement of lingering, the 90th percentile of people today who make it to 80, 85 aren't farming. They died 20 years ago and we're just keeping their heart beating. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's still I mean, mental loving mental, grandpa on the couch, loving grandpa who, who has limited cognitive ability, very limited physical ability. And that, again, is just normal. And I'm still I feel like every year the age comes down another year of where people get to and go, well, now I'm 36. I can't do what I used to do. 
Okay. It's okay. what if we've okay with that. accepted and yeah, looking but at... But they don't even know that they have a choice to not be okay with that. Yeah. Because it's the norm. And by the way, you're saying we live longer in 20, uh, 16, 17, 18, I think there was three years in a row where the first time ever age expectancy decreased. Oh. <clears throat> now, I think that came back up and maybe the opioid crisis has something to do with that with young death, right? The opioid crisis hitting people in their 40s and 50s. and Well, and I haven't heard it said in this way. Somebody's probably done some of the stats of go, okay, here's the actual end of life, which we say is when your heart stops beating and your body's no longer alive. But how, how much it's increasing of the death of vitality which happens at a younger and younger and younger age. I think we're going to continue seeing that. So, you know, just to realize, though, the things back then, back with our great-grandparents or whatever that they needed, that we no longer need. I no longer need to. I don't have to grow my food. I don't have to cook my food. I can go pick it up through a window. It's not actually you food. but don't I don't even have to get out of your car. I don't, I don't have to get out of bed, man. I can get my computer out. I don't need people. I don't have to have people in my life. Right. I can do now I do for my, for wellness and, and fulfillment of life and joy, but I don't need them like we used to rely on other people. Cause man, we couldn't, I'm growing beans, man, but I don't, I don't have milk or I don't have, that's a terrible analogy. I don't even drink milk. I don't think anybody needs milk, but, well, but even back then you're, I needed seeds. most, I needed most farmers. <laughs> so the, I, I love this kind of history because people don't know it because these days, excuse me, you have the mono farms. Somebody grows beans, somebody else grows corn, somebody else grows rice. Back then, everybody grew their own garden. And they had a cow. Mm -hmm. And they had chickens. Mm -hmm. And they had pigs. Self-sustaining. Yes. Now then they would share and can and and sell, and you had the general store and stuff like that uh, because nobody made their own nails. But from a food perspective... There was a whole lot more of self-sustaining, self-sustainment. And then you would have to buy, you know, 20 pounds of sugar or something like that back then. These days, the monoculture, the mono farm, which is part of the problem. When you look at, like, if we want to see the norm of the rising state of inflammation that's kind of brewing under high blood pressure, high cholesterol, or inflammation of the brain, or those kind of things, the... The, the state of the industrialized production of food that is now worldwide, because you get your tomatoes from Mexico and your kiwis from kiwi. <laughs> uh, to produce that, you have monocultures, which has an impact on the soil, has right. an impact on the earth, has an impact. And the reverberations of these kind of things, again, we can't stem back and call them evil or wrong or bad. It's just this is how things have developed I was going to say, I mean, now we're again, we're into capitalism and we're into yeah. the economy. Somebody just making a smart choice but, to make money. And the media is out there trying to increase our appetites and we voluntarily go, okay, I'll feed that appetite. And so the businesses all go, okay, okay we'll, we'll feed, feed it, it however we can. Yep. And then we're all over here in a tizzy about the environment, about health, about whatever. And now we're all back again to us all looking at the norm that we want to believe in. We want to trust the church. We want to trust the government. We want to trust our parents. We want to trust our coworkers and our boss and the corporate. We want to trust the, you know, the, the, the government and how they you know, how they do things. Yeah. And nobody wants to, I don't, I think at the end of it, nobody really wants to be a rebel. I, I don't, I do so out of the fact of looking at things, questioning them and going, that's not working. That is not adding up 
to life. The middle aisles at the grocery store, you know, I mean, you can, you can go see, and if I do an audit and this again, now we're getting into judgmental thinking, but we can go do it and look at that. And when we see the fit, healthy looking, vibrant person, and we look in their grocery cart, we can kind of see things that add up to that. And when we see the person who's wheezing, I mean, I see this all the time, the person in the wheelchair that you should have pity on and not judge. But then I look at what they're buying and go, well, no wonder yeah. it's, it's processed. That's the worst of the worst of the worst food. And yet we're not supposed to judge again. So whatever you feel about that to come over here and go, what do you want in your cart? What do you want in your relationships? What do you want in your entertainment budget? And the norm is bent on feeding appetites. Can we just say that? The norm is bent on feed of our culture is primarily focused at feeding our appetites as much as we'll take in. And it's totally up to us to decide. And I was going to say that that also sounds negative, but there's a positive side of that. We do have an appetite that has to be fed with food, with water, with gas in the car, with those kinds of things. If we're trying to get to the crux of the issue, it seems to me like the crux is the free will, freedom, the free choice, the agency of the individual. That which the I'm the motive, first one to say I want. Don't regulate my consumption. Which I think is ultimately the best way. It's our argument. Uh, otherwise, I you're know. asking for somebody else to regulate. I know, I know, I know. And, and so that, and this gets to the heart of our very existence as a culture, as a people, of what determines what is good freedom, healthy for the culture, for our own families. And that's where I think if, if we, you know, as unto people, as unto God, as unto the good of society, can I self-regulate? Can I self-budget? I, you know, I, I mentioned the motive where they took, I think it was preschool kids and the teacher and went out to the playground in this huge field. No fences uh, at all, just wide open. And the kids primarily stayed close to the teacher and the playground. Then they went and put fences. I, they didn't say in the study, what I read, they didn't say how far they put them out, but let's just say they put, you know, fences 50, 50 yards or 50 feet out, uh, all around it. Immediately kids went to the edges yep. and played all around. And it was such a, you know, here we think we want freedom. And I'm thinking, I don't, I don't want to be out in the middle of the ocean, middle of space, middle of nowhere. Yeah, and that, limitless yeah. is. So, so here we are with the government or, or, or corporate or whatever, you know, giving us some boundaries. And back to your self-regulation. What, what, are, my, what are the boundaries I want for myself? Because right. ultimately that's the only hope. That is the only hope. Yeah. And, and I think we would argue that the government is there to prevent crime from somebody boxing up a diseased rat and saying, hey, this has been FDA approved and I'm going to sell it to you at a profit and whatever else, that we need some protection there. Well, we're for, and and there's, and then we're going to get into different forms of government. And again, we're, we're into that. Yeah. But who do I want regulating me? But to some point, if we're looking at the culture, somebody I know closely one time said, and I don't know if he'd want me to divulge it. He actually said it, uh, it, it, could have been my dad. I don't know. Rules are just guidelines for incompetent people. But if you look at, okay, but if you look at the culture to say, why do we have to go through the line here? You got a Starbucks cup. Does it say contents are hot? 
<laughs> Careful, the beverage you're about to enjoy is extremely hot. Why did that go on there? Do you remember the, the McDonald's, McDonald's lady? Case, yeah. yeah. She goes through, gets her McDonald's coffee, <clears throat> spills it on herself. It burns her, and she sues them because it's too hot. Now they have to say, your coffee that's supposed to be piping hot is piping hot. Now, can we not have some common sense in there? But no, we have people who violate some common sense. And now we do have to put rules and regulations that don't necessarily make sense for everybody. We're getting into deep water now, but we're still looking at the norm. But on the other side, so because I'm talking you also to a, a house of teenagers who question, why is this rule here? Right. Back to your your your. Do you want limit less or do you want to limit? Can you play soccer without a border? So soccer without a border, without rules is not soccer. Right. Can, you know, so there are so many areas, and and like food, if you want to go eat dirt, is, are you free to do that? And, And yes, you are. But is there a rule? Is there a... And now we're into what's the rule of nature. Mm-hmm. Can you decide, I don't want to sleep? You can. You are free to do that and free to bang your head on that. But nature is also rule-bound. And we call it the second law of thermodynamics or whatever that equals mc squared. And, and the, the speed of light is constant. And, oh. But time is relative, right? So all of the, we thought time wasn't relative, but it turns out it's kind of relative. And then we get into mind-bending incomprehensible, you know, so in America in particular, people say, well, gosh, if time is relative, then I ought to be able to self-identify as a 30 year old and get a better deal on my insurance. I I vote for that one. I, yeah, it's ageism. I am. I ought to be able to self-identify as I feel pretty good and I'm a good risk. Yeah. And (laughs) pay pay less, pay less insurance. So then we get into the mind bending. Oh my gosh. And that, and I, I do know that a lot of people get there and they throw up their hands and say, look, we're all going to die of something. So, yeah. you know, eat, drink, and be merry. Yep. And grab everything you can, live with gusto and all that kind of and stuff. And I, I would, I would at, at the end of the day, again, as much as I like to sometimes wave my rebel flag, I would just rather do that. It's, it's so tiring sometimes. It's, can the kids just go to school and eat whatever the other kids do and not feel the pressure there? Can we just do the same? Can we, we really have to exercise all the time? And, and can the kids, just, they want to be on screens. Is it really going to kill them? Won't they still grow up and be decent adults? I don't know. And then we come and the, back. To, well, and the answer yeah, is no. <laughs> I, don't know if I, I don't know if I told you what I'm doing at the house. And this sounds, I mean, we have a very... Uh, you know, it's a joke in the house. We don't have a lot of rules. We have things we talk about and we try to get shared expectations and whatever, but talking about screen time and entertainment of realizing that's like, put, that we do not have a bowl of M&Ms out sitting out ever. So well, we do have a rule. We do. We, we don't buy them. That's, that's how we do it. Instead of putting them out there and going, okay, everyone only gets 10. Only get, watch out. Did you, did you get 11? We just don't buy them. So that's how we do it, but it's still a boundary. So yep. I don't buy them at the store. And so with screens and how enticing that is for everyone, uh, we talked about, we've gone through times of, you know, everybody pitch in your device and we take it upstairs, you know, or turn in the internet. I actually, because you can turn the internet back on uh, and the kids know that I'm doing this. I said, look, I'm just going to do this. It'll make it easier for all of us. I go over at nine o'clock. I have my alarm go off and I pull the cord out of the router, the power cord mm-hmm. and take it up with me. 
So it's up in my bedroom because I don't really want the phones and stuff up there. So you've got your stuff. And I guess, I guess theoretically you could play some little doohickey game or something. I didn't think about that much, but there's no internet access. And that's when they understand it and they even get it. I mean, they get it. They go, yeah, I know. It's like having a bowl of M&Ms out. It's just a temptation. Right. Can you please just put that up so I don't have that sitting in front of me? Yeah. And, and I, it, I felt it like it takes I've, self-awareness. It takes maturity for your kids to be able to say But I that. feel like I've seen that sometimes. They're all doing their, you know, online stuff and I'll, I'll do that. And it's almost like a, it's almost like a sigh and they'll get a book out or somebody will go, ah, you want to play Settlers of Catan, you know, or, uh, or, I'll, or one of the older kids sometimes go, ah, I'm just going to go to bed. Great. That's <laughs> awesome. Me too. So we're back again. What is the norm? I mean, because you talk about to sell that. that book, Kevin. I know it's a crappy book. <laughs> just, Nobody just wants it. <laughs> but I love feeling good. I love having ideas. I woke up this morning thinking, and literally in my head, said, "God, I'm so grateful that I have things to look forward to today, work to do that I care about, and my, my wife laying next to me who I, uh, you know, hugged before I left, and uh, I want that. But that's not the norm. That's not the norm." Mm. So here's to being abnormal. Here's to being a gentle rebel. Okay. Well, friends, I hope this has you thinking about your normals. And man, again, I get it. Changing them is a hassle, but uh, it is convicting to look at what we tend to accept as normal that really shouldn't be, doesn't have to be. And I hope, I hope you hear hope in that that you don't have to accept the norms of society and the norms, especially the maladies we tend to deal with as they have been normalized. Friends, thank you for tuning in to the Self-Helpful Podcast, where I strive to help you and me elevate our personal experience and the way we show up for others. Stay driven, my friends.